Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. Today's episode is a part of our new series, How Did You Get There?, where present leaders in the sport industry will be sharing with us how they have navigated a career in the sport industry. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we are excited to be joined by Jason Grooms today. Jason is currently with the University of Texas's football program as the chief of staff, but has spent time with a variety of different programs across the country, including Vanderbilt and Ohio. How are you today, Jason? I'm doing well, Noah. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Appreciate you being on here. And Jason, just start us off by sharing what initially inspired you to chase after a career in the sport industry. Um, not being a great athlete. So <laughs> that that's kind of what led to this uh, in the end. Um, I was at best probably uh, an average high school athlete and um but had a strong passion for sports in general my dad was a longtime high school football coach so uh, myself and my brother grew up in the locker room Mm -hmm. and uh, when i finished up uh, uh, at my high school and and enrolled at ohio university for my undergrad um, i just felt driven to be involved in sports so I actually tried out for the baseball team at Ohio University uh, mm-hmm. my first semester there and uh, uh, made it to the last tryout but was ultimately cut. And then I said, well, let's do football. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I tried out for the football team. Uh, that lasted about two days and uh, that was my decision. Uh, to, I kind of looked around the room, knew I was not going to be a D1 athlete. Right? Mm-hmm. I knew I didn't fit in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I did that day is I went up and met with the coaching staff and asked, how can I get involved? What, what, what can I do? Is there some capacity for me to be a part of this, uh, in in any way, shape or form? I didn't know what that was going to be. Um, but they said, yes, they immediately said, yes, they did not have a lot of volunteers at that time. So that was 1998. And, uh, I got involved. So I got involved heavily in the recruiting office there at Ohio University under Jim Grobe and uh, stuffing envelopes, making copies, um, organizing videotapes, uh, yes, VHS videotapes, um, and uh, got really involved in that. And then after about a year really of doing that, a solid year, I asked if I could get more involved with other parts of the program. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I got involved with equipment. Uh, doing some things there a little bit as best I could and uh, video I got tied in kind of a glutton for punishment in those areas but um, I got into video and making highlight tapes and doing small cut-ups and um, we had a great staff and um, I went to the offensive coordinator who's Troy Calhoun the head coach at Air Force now Mm -hmm. and asked if I could help him specifically with the quarterbacks and I got involved I got involved with him charting plays coming to meetings and um, it was a great experience. I mean, I, I wouldn't have traded that experience for anything. I know a lot of people might join 
other groups on campus, fraternities, sororities, whatever it might be, but that was my life. I mean, I, I lived for that experience and those moments and probably didn't focus as much on school uh, and focus a lot of my time there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I lived in that building at Ohio University with that staff and, and uh, had just a great experience and learned from great people. Mm-hmm. It's awesome to hear really taking that initiative um, to be involved and, in, like you said, to do a variety of things to gain that experience. I think that is uh, really important for anybody uh, trying to make their way through the industry is there's tons of different avenues. There's lots of different people that can help you and be there for you, but it takes that initiative um, from yourself to really get involved in that. And, you know, kind of going off that, there is a plethora of uh, students in our network and really in general who have that same desire you had to chase after uh, that career in the sport industry. But it can be a lot harder to know exactly how to start that chase. And you kind of shared a little bit there. But um, share with us how you got involved. Kind of like we just said, just kind of share a little more of what steps you took exactly Mm -hmm. to get involved as a student assistant. And then what Mm -hmm. took place more so after you graduated to land your first position at Wake Forest. Sure. Yeah, you know, it, 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 I'll, I'll say this, and this kind of holds true in everywhere I've been, is you, you've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. all right? And you, you've got to be willing, if you're going to work in this industry, you've got to will, be willing to be an, almost an outgoing person, right? You, you've got to go after it. You've got to introduce yourself to people. You've got to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a sports management, sports industry club at Ohio University at the time, yeah. and I got involved in it. I, I, you know, I wore a yellow jacket at basketball games and worked, <laughs> you know, security or ticket taker type opportunities. Yeah. And you, you get to meet a lot of people along the way. The great thing about the sport of football and really any sport at this level is there's so many different pockets, groups of people that are involved in the program, not just mm-hmm. coaching, right? You've got equipment staffs, video staffs, recruiting staffs, marketing staff, facilities, your academic folks. I mean, there's just your trainers, you know, your strength staff. There's just so many different people. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so with that, there's many different avenues, right? So my big thing, and I've, I've spoke before to classes when I was at Ohio, is you, you've got to be willing to try it all, all right? right? You, as a young person, you may not, you may have a thing in your head, you know exactly what you want to do. In six months, that's going to change. You know, you may not like your course load. You may not like the experience you had at a volunteer event, and it might drive you to look at other opportunities. So my advice in all that is to really put yourself out there and be willing to do anything and whatever is asked of you to learn what you don't like as much as what you do like. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, I think along the way, uh, I knew very early on I wanted to coach, uh, and, that, and that's what I wanted to do when I started it. That's why I kind of kept working and started, got involved with the coaches. Mm-hmm is I, I wanted to coach and uh, my dad was a coach and I've always had a desire to, to lead and teach um, in, in that in, in that realm. Um, so what led me to Wake Forest was um, actually it was uh, an opportunity that just kind of landed in my lap to be honest with you. I was set to be the graduate assistant coach at Ohio University mm-hmm. for Jim Grove. All right, mm-hmm. He had already asked me to stay on as a GA. That's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I was, I was thrilled. That was, that was a dream, right? That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get into coaching, and I was going to get to do it at my alma mater. Mm-hmm. So I go to, go to take the GRE at Ohio University during the winter break, and they announced that Jim Grobe took the Wake Forest head coaching job wow. on the radio. All right, this is obviously way before social media, so I heard it on the radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, had a, I had a little bit of panic anxiety attack there yeah. because I, I had a job lined up going to grad school. My plan was there, um, mm-hmm. and it's all changing. 
So I went down to the office and uh, I got the opportunity. All the coaches met with coach. I got an opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one meeting and he asked me to go to Wake Forest wow. uh, as a graduate assistant. Um, I was just hoping to get to hang on there with the coach that got named the head coach there, one of the assistants. Mm -hmm. And I would have been good with that. I'd have been yeah. totally good staying at the GA at Ohio University. Uh, but Coach Grove asked me to go with them uh, to Wake Forest. The only thing I knew about Wake Forest was Tim Duncan played basketball there. Yeah. You know, it was not a, a thing that I had followed. I didn't I actually didn't even know exactly where it was in North Carolina until mm -hmm. I looked it up. So um, that's how that happened. And um, he, he told me uh, if there's – I don't know what the GA situation is at Wake, but if there's a position, I want you there. And as it come to, uh, it was a defensive GA. So I moved over to the defensive side of the ball and uh, another transition in my life where, mm -hmm. you know, it was, you know, outside my zone. I didn't play a lot of defense in high school. I was, I was an offensive uh, player, but mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't going to say no. And uh, so I got an opportunity to go to Wake Forest and uh, started down there. I, I hurried up and uh, loaded up my class schedule. So I graduated early uh, so that I could get down there for spring ball. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess that would have been uh, the spring of 2001, so it was when I started as a GA down there. Wow. It's awesome to hear and really, you know, talking about, you know, transitions. And, you know, early on in your career, you stepped into some coaching positions, like you said, at Wake Forest with that GA position on the defensive side, Elon, East Tennessee State. But you went back to Ohio, your alma mater, in 2005 to serve in an operations role. Share with us why you decided to kind of step away from that coaching position and what that transition was like going from coaching to operations yeah that was um that was a big decision that was probably uh the biggest besides uh marrying my bride yeah. uh, emily that uh, was probably the, one of the bigger decisions i had to make was that career path because you know once you get in a certain lane in this profession you know it's hard to get out of it or change or change back right so yeah. Um, to be quite honest with you, the stability of the coaching position I had with the staff I was on um, made me uncomfortable. I, we, we just had our first son, Jackson, and uh, I was nervous. Uh, I was nervous about how young I was because I was 25 years old and uh, didn't have a lot of experience, but I had a great job. Yeah. And I was at Elon, and I was the recruiting coordinator and linebacker coach. And uh, but the opportunity, and it was kind of a funny way of how it happened, is at Elon, we hired uh, two of the coaches that were on the Ohio University staff that got let go, but I had known them and got them in front of the head coach, and they got hired. But one of those guys mentioned to me that Frank Solich uh, had created a director of football operations position. They had never had that at Ohio. Uh, I had always been interested in that role because uh, at Wake Forest we had a director of operations, Bill Faircloth, and uh, I was always interested in how he did things. Just everything that went into travel, handling the kids, you know, it, just the whole dynamic, the whole big picture part of it. And I thought I could do it. And I thought that'd be something to go back to my alma mater, be closer to family, because my, my hometown's an hour and a half from Athens, Ohio. Nice. And, and stability, you know, and more of a, a support role, a stability role um, that maybe doesn't transition with the head coach as much now. That's changed in these in these times yeah. as we'll get later down the road here but yeah. uh, uh, that was the opportunity I took and to be quite honest with you with it I did not see it being a long-term position I mm -hmm. saw it as an opportunity really to get to the D1 level yeah. and possibly work into a coaching role with with connections and networking and, and that's the one that's the main reason I took the job was to protect my family from uh, 
uh, a possible firing mm-hmm. uh, with the staff and, and then honestly just to kind of learn something new and, and get to a higher level. I love that perspective. I think, you know, especially for our students who are young, a lot of them are single. Um, it can be easy, right, to be like, well, you know, it's a little risky or it might be a one or two year job and then I'll, you know, move on or find something else. It can be easy to say that, but once you have a, have a kid or you get married and it becomes somebody else along you with that journey, it becomes a lot harder. Uh, so I love your perspective on that situation. I think for all of our students to really hear that and think about that for their long term um, is so important. And sometimes those choices do matter, um, especially for uh, the family side of things. So I appreciate you sharing that. I think it's a great perspective mm-hmm. um, for our younger students. Um, you know, and something interesting with, with your story, obviously you talked about the D1 jump. Um, in 2014, you joined Vanderbilt staff as the director of football operations. And as exciting as that was to join a Power 5 program for you, share with us some challenges you faced in that transition and how you overcame them. Yeah, you know, it, it was a big jump. Um, you know, nine years at Ohio, um, serving in that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I enjoyed Ohio more than anybody can know. Uh, mm-hmm. That's home to me. Yeah. And uh, But there were – but. For my family and for my career, I felt I kind of reached a ceiling in that role. Uh, I felt it was time to, for a new challenge. Um, so Coach Mason, who was named the new head coach at Vanderbilt, was an assistant coach at Ohio uh, our first two years there. We were the youngest two guys on that staff. Uh, we're only a few years apart, and we'd always stayed very close. And um, Derek had said to me many, many times, if he ever got an opportunity to be a head coach, he wanted me to join him. Uh, in, in this capacity, and I always held him to it. I gave him a hard time over the years because it, it wasn't happening, right? And uh, he got the job. I got a phone call, and uh, I was there the next day, um, which was bittersweet, leaving your alma mater. You know, that's home, family, everything. So um, so we took that job, and uh, it, it was challenging. All seven years, not just not just the transition, but all seven years. It's a challenging place to work um, in, in that conference the way it is. Uh, great people. Uh, but the biggest trans that you know, the, the biggest part of that transition was family again for me because our family had grown to, uh, to three kids. Wow. And uh, so here I am leaving my wife basically on an island while I go uh, take a new job, you know, six hours away. Mm-hmm. Um, so transition with that was tough because um, we were apart six months. You know, mm-hmm. I, I left in January and uh, Emily and the kids moved in June. So, um, but with the job itself, you know, instilling a new culture, you know, being a part of that, being on yeah. the forefront of that. So I, I had experience with that with Coach Solich, um, but, you know, he had been a head coach. You know, he had been a longtime head coach for years in Nebraska. Uh, so now I'm joining um, a coach who has not been a head coach, who obviously has a plan, Yeah. Um, but I'm there as a part of that to how we're going to instill it yeah. and, and how we're going to grow that and have buy-in with kids. Mm-hmm. I've always been very involved with the kids um, from – getting to know them, being involved in their personal lives, player development, um, and, and making sure that I always stayed around the game as much as I could, not just being on the business side of it. Yep. Um, so helping coach with, with that uh, was probably one of the biggest challenges and more, really probably the most satisfying, the most rewarding part of that is how we built the relationships with those kids yeah. to trust what we were doing. It took some time. It wasn't overnight. It wasn't you know, you know uh, an easy thing to do. But as we grew into that into that position there, and with those kids and with that staff, um, we, we did it right. You know, we did it with the kids, and, and it was always about the kids. And 
and that can be just about in any any sport, any position you're in. You've got to make it about the kids. It, it's about the experience they're going to have in their four to five year window there with you. Um, because coaches, staff come and go, right? Those kids, that's always going to be home to them. So uh, you want to make sure they always have a good feeling about how they were treated, mm-hmm. what they got the opportunity to do, and then when they graduate and come back someday, are they going to be willing to stay a part of it and, and have that, you know, connection to their to their home? So you, you want to make sure that that always um, is in place, no matter where you're at or what sport you're in. Mm-hmm. I think that's an amazing point, and definitely uh, in considering where you are and the positions you've had. Um, in my time working in the, in athletics, uh, spent a lot of time around the operations role, both in football and basketball, and that role is very oriented around the, the kids. Um, like you said, and being able to impact them is huge. So I love you sharing that. Um, but for any of our students, really, despite the career path you're on, it's about the athletes, it's about the students, um, it's about the, the organization as a whole, um, pour, pouring into them, allowing them to um, feel at home and, and really um, make the most of those four or five years, like you said. So a tremendous point there. And I just love hearing kind of how that transition um, just played out for you. And I appreciate you sharing that. Mm-hmm. And um, at both Ohio and Vanderbilt, I found this interesting when I was reading your story. You made the jump from director of football operations to assistant athletic, athletic director for football. You know, what steps did you take from a professional standpoint uh, to get those promotions? I know for a lot of our students, it can be um, almost daunting to think like, man, I see these individuals that are present leaders in the industry making these jumps. What does that take? So kind of share with us uh, what you did to kind of uh, make those jumps. Yeah, um, you know, the one at Ohio, uh, it took some time. You know, I, I never got into it to get the title or the promotion, right? It, it Both of them came pretty, you know, kind of organically the way they worked out. Um, Van, you know, at Ohio, I was there nine years, right? Mm-hmm. Seven years into that is when that title came. Sometimes people need to realize it's how the AD wants to structure his department, mm-hmm. too, or, or her department. You know if how they title people because that creates a ladder within their department you know and how they want to Mm -hmm. promote people over time or how they want their you know their senior staff to look like so i I did receive that title at ohio um it it probably just put me in a different light within the department there really wasn't any added responsibility in that role um it was probably just more of a professional thing uh for the i would say for the ad and how he structured everything but, you know, I, I, I worked hard, you know, and, and just being accountable, uh, you know, I, I'm proud to say in 17 years of doing this, knock mm-hmm. on wood, I haven't been over budget. Um, so that, that's, that's important. You know, ADs like that a, a lot. Um, you know, we stretch it thin, but that's, that's, that's where you operate. Mm-hmm. Then at Vanderbilt, um, that, that, one, that one happened pretty quick after about, after I guess about a year, uh, that one happened and how we did things. And, um, and it was good. It enabled me to be on the senior staff with the whole department, yeah. which was new for me, you know, and, and being a little more broad scope with the whole department. So I represented football uh, on the senior staff meeting with mm-hmm. the athletic director. So you've got your director of marketing, your director of fundraising, you know, all those different areas that are represented in this meeting. And I, I was fortunate enough to represent football during that time, mm-hmm. you know, so six of my seven years there. Um, so that that role there really probably helped me grow as much as anything and in, in, in the profession because it gave me a little it gave me a lot better understanding and a better being more equipped for the big picture of an athletic department and how everything needs to gel and work together and 
as much as I love football, right, as much as I think football is the most important thing because that's what I work in, mm-hmm. it, 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 there is a lot, other, a lot other going on with the Olympic sports, the non-revenues, and how everything functions and goes together and the yeah. support of one another. So um, got to serve on several committees with the Hall of Fame committee, and, mm-hmm. and I was on a lot of hiring committees for different uh, folks in different roles in the building. Because the great thing, as I mentioned before, football touches basically every sub subgroup in your department. Yeah. You know, so it's important to have good relationships with the people that work in ticketing, that work in marketing, that work in communications. And, you know, and so I always had the ability to be on some of those hiring committees to help pick those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so which was how we were building the culture of our program. Right. So um, being on those groups and in, on those committees and in those meetings really gave me a lot, um, a lot more understanding and a better appreciation of really the struggle that many other sports have or other mm-hmm. departments have and how you're trying to make sure it is a great experience for all athletes. So, and really in how you're promoting your program, you know, mm-hmm. overall, not, not just your brand, you know, that that's what you're trying to promote in the, in those roles. So a uh, great experience. Um, and it, at, at one time it gave me an opportunity to interview for an AD job, you know, and, and I got an opportunity to do that. And, and uh, it, obviously, I didn't get that job, but but uh, it gave me uh, a great experience in going through the process of interviewing uh, for an athletic director position. And uh, uh, it, it, if I hadn't had that experience, I never would have had that opportunity to, to interview for that role. And um, I, I, I valued that time greatly. Yeah, absolutely. And love you, Sharon. Just kind of, you know, how you said you, you were accountable and you were um, really just sticking to what was expected of you. I think really. Um, in terms of the the idea of promotions and you know, climbing the ladder, that that sort of uh, mission that a lot of um, of our young professionals hope to be on is, is you know like you said you know going from operations to assistant athletic director then uh, you know interviewing for the AD position and really all this comes down to you know what are what are you doing right um, in your current position you stayed under budget you did a great job there managing um, that aspect of your role and I think like you said that really just spoke a lot to your leadership of who you were and, and what value you brought. So I think, yeah, kind of what I, what I got from what you said is um, provide value um, in, in what you yep. do, and then that'll allow you to um, jump to where you want to go. Um, and I love those points, and, you know, really exciting to hear that you even got a chance to interview for an AD role. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. awesome and an inspiring thing to, to hear, so I appreciate that. And, you're most and, you know, and, and with all that, no, I, I think not – you know, adding value and you can add value in a lot of ways, yeah. you know, um, being a great communicator, being organized, yeah. being organized to, to me it, it is, a, is a quality that goes undervalued at times until, until, until something happens. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you, you want to stay organized, time management, being a great communicator, you know, uh, obviously managing budget on all levels in any sport is, is yeah. important. Um, I'm not allowed to hold the checkbook at my house but I, I I'm allowed to do it here I give my, yeah. my wife a hard time about that but um, it, it, there's a lot that goes into having the ability to add value and you may not be great at any of them mm. but if you can if you can work hard to be good and, and, and add the value that you that your your leaders in your program see it, it can put you in a good light yeah absolutely and I love that point too just the organization right like that is something that uh, it seems simple but it, it's harder to, to really accomplish and achieve while you're in a role as extensive as operations when there's a lot going on, right? Um, so I really, right. I appreciate that and really just something I think a lot of young people can really learn from um, is working on those skills now um, to be prepared for that. 
role they may um, encounter in the future. So that's awesome. Um, your most recent occurrence stop in your career journey is at Texas, a program with a lot of history and promise, especially in regards to what you're involved in, which is the football program. So share with us uh, what that transition was like and how you have adapted to the high level of expectations that Texas football has. Sure. Um, this, this was a unique one. Um, so I, there was a transition at, at Vanderbilt and, um, you know, there's the old cliche, the longer you're in this business, there's two types of folks. You're either, you've been fired or you will be fired, yeah. right? And that's an unfortunate part of the competitive environment we work in. Yeah. So uh, I was I, I was out, right? Uh, we had made a change at Vanderbilt and I was out and um, really was searching in a lot of different things and researching things because you just never know. You may not get a call. You, you may not have the right connection. As we all know, networking is a huge thing. Yeah um in, in this profession and um i had, i'd actually was looking at other positions outside of sport uh to stay local in nashville because my oldest son is as a senior in high school right now so i knew this would be a hard move on him i wanted yeah. to try to keep him whole there yeah but i got a phone call and uh the opportunity here at texas surfaced and uh i was able to connect with coach sarkeesian and um and into january i accepted the role to, to come down here and um it, it's been fantastic it's, it's one of these positions that at the, the longer you're in it, this is the, those are the type of positions you're, you're kind of working towards. Yeah. You know, um, not everyone maybe can put the name on the place where you want to work at. Some can. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is one of those, those you know, blue blood programs uh, yeah. that are out there that it, it's, it's a difficult position to kind of put yourself into. And yeah. I, 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 I was lucky. I, I put myself uh, out there a little bit and made a connection and, and uh, got a phone call and it worked out. And, uh, again, transition, like I mentioned before, family, uh, you know, I left in January again, put my wife on an Island for six months with, uh, two teenagers and uh, a preteen, yeah. which might be harder than kids and diapers um, yeah. at times. So, uh, but so I took the role here and it, it, it had, there's a lot of expectations, expectations mm -hmm. here. There's a lot of eyes on it. There's, mm -hmm. there's, it's a much bigger operation. Um, and, uh, what is expected here is at a different level. Um, but the thing that you can fall back on is doing your role really well, right? It, it, yep. it doesn't really matter where you're at at what level, but you do your role well and, and you work hard at it and you take pride in what you do. And uh, uh, I was able to connect with coach pretty quickly in this because we spent so much time together because neither one of our families were here. Yeah. Uh, so when you're living in a hotel for four months and uh, there's nowhere else to go but the office, you're, you're there with each other and you're sharing basically every meal and yeah. You're getting to know how they think, how they operate, and uh, what they want out of this, and it kind of comes back to what we did at, at, at Vanderbilt. You know, you're you're going. There's a reason we're here, right? We're here yeah. to change a culture, totally. and uh, for the good. You know, not everything's yeah. bad. You know, yeah. but there was a change made, and there's a reason we're here. So, yeah. we're we're trying to make that work, and and the kids have been fantastic. Uh, yeah. Great kids here. The buy-in was immediate with these kids because they're hungry to win. Yeah. And uh, that's why they came here. They didn't come here for anything less than win championships. Yep. First time I've taken a job where I wasn't directly connected to someone at 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 the program, right? Yeah. So this that was like stepping outside a little yeah. bit. Um, I met everybody new for the first time coming in here. Mm -hmm. So you know, you're on an island yourself yeah. uh, when you're doing that. So you're yeah. trying to build relationships totally. 
and, and you want it to not you don't want it to be forced so you're you're spending time with others at, mm-hmm. at meals or whatever it is yep. um defensive coordinator and i funny story we had that big freeze in texas mm-hmm. that occurred back in february yeah where it shut down the state pretty significantly um where our defensive coordinator where he was staying at lost all power but i didn't at my hotel wow so uh uh pk coach kwatowski moved in my hotel for the week slept on the couch uh, in my hotel. So we spent a lot of time together in a week yeah. time period and, yeah. uh, and getting to know each other. So there was a relationship forged there. And, uh, but here probably the biggest thing in the transition is really the amount of people that are supporting the program. It, it's much greater. And, uh, yeah. that's probably big, as you look at the places I've been in each place I've kind of moved to is there's more and more and more. Right. So, um, so we've got an army of people. There's no other way to say it here in all our different support groups with yeah. equipment, uh, with the trainers, with our recruiting, which is the biggest change uh, is how many people work in recruiting for us yeah. because of what's needed. Um, and then just the support staff with quality control coaches and graduate assistants. And totally. So it, it, it's more people, but it's the same thought process. Yeah. You know, it, it's being a good communicator and leading the right way and staying positive and having a great attitude. And, and you know, I, I, I like to think we're in a role of servient leadership, right? Totally. And that, that's the role that we serve in. Totally. Um, and that's the way we've got to look at it and be yeah. really intuitive to what that takes, you know, and, and making sure that you're not going to be the front guy. You're not, yeah. you're, if you're in the front, usually something's wrong in our yeah. role, right? If, right. If, if everyone knows who you are, that means you've probably screwed up and someone's had to yell at you, yeah. right? But the idea in this job is to be behind the scenes yeah. and support and, and, and be there for everybody else. Yeah. Absolutely. And I really think, you know, two points I love you mentioned is you got the job at Texas through your network um, and building those connections. I think that is huge. Something we talk a lot about with our students is, you know, this industry is about who you know. Um, and it's about who, yeah. who can be there to, to step up to the plate for you. Um, and then secondly, when you got there, you had to build relationships. Um, it's not always going to be you join a staff where you know everybody um, or get a job where you know everybody. Uh, for me personally, um, I just I spent two summers with Indianapolis Colts and that was a it was a tough transition because I didn't know anybody on the staff had to really Great. work towards understanding who they were. I'm sure the same was for you, um, yep. being intentional with those relationships. So those two right. points stood out to me as um, really important, um, especially in terms of the network. And I appreciate you sharing that story. Really cool program to be a part of in Texas, a blue blood, like you said. And um, yeah, I'm excited for you to see what happens. But um, it's awesome just kind of sharing that. I love hearing that for sure. Uh, yeah. And lastly, Jason, in regard to your career journey and kind of looking back at where you've been, what is one piece of advice you would give a young professional um, that's trying to navigate the sport industry? Know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, be passionate about it. You can't. There's the other cliches. You, you can't date it. You got to marry it. Yeah. Right. So you you've got to be willing to go all in. Right. Totally. And I think those around you. Uh, including significant others and, and, you know, whoever that might be, you know, they, they've got to support that because yeah. it's not always easy. Right. And I've been truly blessed uh, with my wife, Emily and my family. It's not always easy. Not everybody always likes everything, right. but, uh, uh, but th- there's a buy-in, there's a, there's a passion there for what we do. Um, but I think the other part is you, you've got to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. So, you're going to, you're, there's going to be long hours. There's going to be things you're asked to do that you don't always agree yeah. with how they're being asked. You may not wait, like the way they want it done, but 
there's you, you got you got a lot of people don't understand this is mm. stay in your lane right yeah. and i don't say that to be like arrogant or anything like that right. but you, you got to understand that there's all these parts all right and we're the sum of the parts right so staying in your lane being really good at your craft all yeah. right don't you know a lot of people want to be the jack of all trades master of none right so yeah. you got to stay in your lane you got to yeah. learn your craft well all right because if you don't know your craft well all right and you're trying to learn someone else's while you're doing your job it, it can get muddled right and then it, it just be, creates a lot of you know gray area be really good at what you're doing all right and learn it the best you can and once you feel like you've got that all right yeah time to move on try yeah. to learn something else all right so as i look back at my time and what i've done i, I worked in recruiting yeah I, I i know what goes in there. i was a recruiting coordinator so down the road i learned i became a recruiting coordinator yeah so all those organizational techniques that i learned as a student yeah. stuff in envelopes organizing videotapes i took every single one of those moments that i learned and applied it to being totally. the recruiting coordinator totally. right that's what i knew right yeah. maybe it wasn't always right but it's what i knew all right mm. i worked in video when i was at ohio i worked as the video coordinator and the ops ops guy all so right amazing. so those those lessons i learned applied to that all right yeah. and then i worked in equipment all right i've had to hire you know a couple of equipment managers over my yeah. time yeah. i i know one really well all right with my brother all right yeah. so I know how it works and how to operate. So what I'm getting at here is I, in football, I've had a lot of experience in all the parts, right, yeah. and how it works and how it comes together. Yeah. I also know how those people work in their roles and that the value they bring and they need to be appreciated. Mm -hmm. So as you're in your role, whatever it is, appreciate those around you, all right, because it, we're all different, but we're all working for the same common goal, all right, and but the better you can have those relationships in your building because we spend like it or not we spend more time with these people than our family mm. all right and I, I i say all the time life life's too short to work in this sport not to have fun all right yeah. so you gotta have you get to know those people you you know their families you yeah. know you appreciate what they do we spend time we joke we have fun it's up and down it's a roller coaster you win you lose you get emotional you know yeah. so it, it's the experience is what you can put into it. So just mm -hmm. go into it. Don't date it. Marry it. Have fun with it, and uh, and grow as much as you can, and always be willing to learn. Wow, wow, Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. Your journey through the sport industry is inspiring, and one that our students can truly learn from. And I appreciate you sharing that advice there. It's definitely um, some points that I think so many of our students will really take home and and really benefit from. Well, I appreciate you having me. I, I enjoyed it. Absolutely. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our training experience on our website at uncommonsg.org. That's uncommonsg.org. Be sure to catch this new series of the Uncommon Podcast every Thursday at midnight Eastern Time, as well as the full video episodes on our YouTube channel. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next week.